Welcome listeners. Welcome listeners. You're listening to Deeds in the Desert. The place where real estate investors tune in for the latest news and available investments at Ignite Funding. If you're on the hunt for a low effort, passive income stream, then turn up that volume and pull out the hammock as we get ready to feed you your weekly dose of real estate investing insights. Welcome everybody to another episode of Deeds in the Desert. My name is Izzy Urizari. I oversee the marketing here over at Ignite Funding. Today's guest I have here is Misty Bethany, Chief Compliance Officer. Today we're going to go over everything you need to know about what happens after you invest at Ignite Funding. Specifically, once your investment has been placed, what to expect after that, how to get all those documents in, how to send us your funds, and what happens if you do not get your stuff in in time. All right, Misty, let's jump right into this episode of Deeds in the Desert. Looks like we're going to be going over what happens after an investor makes a loan selection. I'm an investor at Ignite Funding. I just called you. You placed me on an investment. What happens now? The fun begins. Everybody's favorite part, paperwork and lots and lots of legal disclosures, right? So you get placed on a loan and you're going to receive two emails from us. One is going to be the e-sign documents and that's about 30 pages. And I'm not gonna spend a lot of time talking about what all of those are, but I'll just go through a list real quick. Okay. There's gonna be a cover page that's gonna have your name, the amount, the loan you're going on. Next is gonna be a state required form, that's information sharing form. And there you get to select how and when you want your information shared with other investors on that loan. Can I stop you right there? What, yeah. do, what do you mean by that? So there are three options that an investor has when going on a loan. Okay. One is that they don't want their information shared under any circumstance with the other investors on the loan. Now, I say their information shared. They will be, their name will be listed on the recorded deed. So that at minimum will be shared, but I'm talking about their personal information such as their address, email, phone number, that kind of information. Mm -hmm. So that's one option, don't share under any circumstance. Another is share with the other investors on the loan if they request it. And then the final option is to share the information, but only if the loan were to go into default. Okay, so basically the investor has those choices every single time they go on an investment. Yep. Uh, next, uh, we're up to page three of that 30-page document, is an extension of the special power of attorney. Following that is the loan servicing agreement between the investor and Ignite Funding, who is the loan servicer. Then depending on whether they go on original loan funding or an assignment loan funding, and, I, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute, will be another state disclosure. It's either gonna be form A or form C. Following that, another state disclosure. It'll either be form B or form D. Then they will have the option, another state form, to request the company's financials directly from the state of Nevada. Following that is additional disclosures um, that Ignite Funding wants to make sure each investor is aware of. And then a disclosure of involvement. Basically, that, that tells the investor who at Ignite Funding or relatives of employees at Ignite Funding invests in our loans. So do we have to disclose that kind of stuff? We do. By, by state requirements, we have to disclose if we invest, if we as employees invest on the loans and our immediate family members. 
And then finally is the state mandated disclosure of fees earned by Ignite Funding. So that is the loan documents. Like I said, it's about 30 pages. That's in one email. Second email goes out with the special power of attorney. That is a form that needs to be signed and notarized by the investor. So that form that has to be notarized, do we have to do that every single time or can we just have one um, SPOA on file for like, let's say a master SPOA? That's a question that we get asked a lot. And I wish I could tell you that we just need to do it one time, but unfortunately, or, or actually fortunately, because it is for the protection of investors, it is loan specific. And you know that that's probably the most important piece of paper because it allows us to act on behalf of the investors in terms of, of recording deeds if we need to record a notice of default, those kind of things. Otherwise, we would have to have each investor sign off on all of those things. You can imagine with our larger loans, multiple investors, that would, that would take quite a bit of effort and work and um, would not be efficient or even possible in some cases. Gotcha. And do we offer any notary services um, for local investors here in Las Vegas? We sure do. So we do have uh, notaries on staff and every day between 10 and 12 p.m. Our local investors are welcome to come on in and have those documents notarized. In the email that goes out with the notary, we've also uh, partnered with an online notary service. And as long as the investors follow the link that's actually embedded in the email, they will get discounted pricing and can have the document notarized 24-7 from their, their home or wherever they're at. So I received all my e-signed docs. I got my SPOA signed. Is there a certain deadline that I have to get all that done after I'm placed on the loan? There is. So in general, we request that all the documents and the funds be submitted within five days of going on a loan. Now, there could be variations, you know, depending on when a loan funds or if it's an original funding or assignment, but the docs themselves expire within three days. Um, so to avoid having to send those out again, we do ask you to do those right away. Um, SPOA, same thing, you know, may as well get it all done at once. And then uh, your funds need to be cleared before a loan funds or before you can go on an assignment. So if you're sending in a check, uh, you need to do that right away. Uh, we do hold checks for four days. That's how long it takes our bank to clear those funds. Wires are, are generally good the same day that we receive them. What happens if I, by chance, just forget to do my docs after the three days? Are you guys able to resend those? What do you suggest happens if, let's just say, I just accidentally missed that email? Yeah, so you're you're going to be reminded multiple times along the way. Um, we don't want to annoy you, but at the same time, you know, we know that you get busy and things do fall through the cracks. So the, the first day after you go on a loan, you'll receive a courtesy reminder from our loan servicing department, letting you know what's missing. If we are still missing an item, the next day you'll receive a second email reminder and a phone call from our loan processing team. There is a third reminder that goes out if needed, and that is basically your final reminder. Now we're probably on day four of the placement, and then you'll get a call as well. On that fifth day, you are subject to cancellation. 
If during that time you can't find the emails, you need those resent, you can absolutely reach out to our loan processing team and they're happy to resend those, those documents for you. Thanks again for listening to Deeds in the Desert. This ad is sponsored by Pillars of Finance. Pillars of Finance is an investment community created by industry experts for investors of all kinds. It is a virtual event that takes place on April 4th at 3 p.m. If you have not registered or if you would like to learn more, go to pillarsoffinance.com or click the registration link in the podcast description. And thanks again for listening to Deeds in the Desert. You mentioned something earlier I do want to touch a little bit more on. You mentioned about original funding and assignments. What, what, what did you mean by that? Yeah, it's, it's jargon that we use internally. I'm, I'm sure a lot of investors don't really understand what that is till they've been through it a time or two. So an original funding is, is basically we've not lent the, the money to the borrower yet. So we have a new loan, we've released it, but that loan hasn't funded to the borrower. So that's an original funding. On those, you'll see that date on the project overview showing when we anticipate funding. The difference between that and assignment is assignment, a lot of times we will go ahead and fund a loan to a borrower with our line of credit. When we do that, we backfill the loan through assignment. And so the assignment generally can allow just a little bit more flexibility uh, for investors to get their documents in. We still request that those be sent in within five days. But on original funding, sometimes an investor won't get placed on the loan until a day or two before it funds. And in those cases, there's more of an urgency to get the documents turned around and the funds to us quickly. Is there a reason to wait to be on assignment for a loan? Like, is it better to be on original versus assignment? Is there any benefit to that? No benefit to it. It just depends on on the investor's timeline. So, you know, if you're not able to turn docs in a day, like let's say that something's funding in a couple days and, and you just can't meet that deadline, then you can always ask if it's going to be open for assignment or choose a loan that that is already open for assignment. So no, other than just the investor's timeline. One other thing I did want to touch on is, since you had explained the difference pretty well, what's the difference as far as the interest rate or when does interest start accruing difference between original and assignment? Yeah, that's a good question. So on original funding, the day that the loan funds is when investors start earning their interest. On an assignment, as soon as we have all of the documents, and the funds have been cleared and investors assigned onto the loan and start they start earning interest the very next day. You brought up funds. When should a client send funds in and how should they send them in? So funds can should be sent in really at the time that you're placed on the loan. The exception to that could be a wire. If you're going on an original funding that's not funding for let's say two weeks, a lot of investors do want to keep those funds in their own account until closer to funding. Totally understandable. I would highly encourage you just to let us know that so we can make a note so we don't send you those mm-hmm. those reminders or call you. But, you know, if we, if we do, you can let us know it as we touch base with you. In that case, a lot of investors do wait to a couple days before the original funding to send a wire in knowing that's good funds right away. With a check, especially if you're mailing it, send it to us right away. Uh, We have to receive it first, and then it has to be held for four days. 
Why is that? That's how long it takes our bank to clear the funds through the investor's bank. What happens if a client misses one of these requirements? If all the reminders have gone out, all of that we have funded a loan, and the investor didn't have something in in time. Right, they get canceled off because they weren't weren't um, they weren't able to get all those things in. Yeah, generally what we're able to do is is cancel that placement, backfill it with a line of credit, and then the investor can go on the loan as an assignment. If that happens, they do need to do additional paperwork. Okay. I had mentioned earlier when going through all those forms that depending on whether it was original funding or assignment, that the disclosure changes from the state. And so every time somebody goes on assignment, it's a different set of paperwork than the original. So let's say that the check just didn't get to us because mail was delayed, but they had all of their original documents in their SPOA, and they ended up having to go on assignment because of the funds. Mm -hmm. They will have to do additional documentation. Okay. What happens if the um, the loan is sold out? Let's say somebody gets canceled off, and do we just have a wait list, or do we have people in mind to help fund those loans? H- how does that work? We do. So that's why it's very important when you receive the reminders from our loan processing team or the calls to let us know if, if there's some extenuating circumstance because if we don't hear from you at all and there is a wait list for the loan, we will cancel that position and allow somebody else waiting to go on the loan on the loan. So what I understand from this whole entire process, you guys are very diligent in making sure clients don't miss the opportunity to get invested on these high demand investments that we offer. You're gonna get emails, you're gonna get phone calls, you're gonna get a final reminder, you're gonna get everything under the sun to ensure that you do get your SPOA in, your investment docs in, and that we do have your funds and they, they're good to go. Absolutely, we, we, the last thing we wanna do is cancel somebody from a loan. Well, thanks a lot, Misty, for joining us today in this episode on Deeds in the Desert. I think this is a great topic, especially for even our seasoned investors to understand what documents they will be getting once they're placed on a loan and some of our regulations and processes to ensure that they do get invested here at Ignite Funding. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for joining us this week on Deeds in the Desert where short-term investments meet long-term investors. We hope you enjoyed the content so much that you share it with all your friends. Who doesn't like learning about passive fixed income, right? Still hungry for more education? Visit our website at ignitefunding.com. Or if you're ready to take the leap and start investing, give us a call at 702-761-0000 and schedule a free investor consultation. 